Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me this week is the lovely Justin. How are you this week? I'm doing fine, especially with this amazing episode. I Spoilers, I really like this case. Yeah, we have a <laughs> banger of a case to go through today. Episode 52, the Mist Goblin Legend murder case. Um, but before we get in there, Kyle, once again absent, just work is holding him down. And you think he would have his priorities straight and would prioritize this podcast he makes zero dollars off of over his job <laughs> and livelihood for providing for his family, but he's an asshole and is choosing that over us, Justin. Can you believe that? I still think that's the excuse. I don't think that's the real reason. Yeah, he's probably just on like a heroin binge or something. <laughs> Maybe he's secretly a part of the black organization. Yeah. That's why he keeps like dismissing them and all those episodes. See, I'm on to you, Kyle. Yeah, he's trying to cover. You've got a good point. Um, but before we get to that episode, um, a Twitter user by the name of By Pink Leaf on Twitter uh, made this. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, they posted it. But the person that made it was uh, Yuki. Iwadashiti, which I totally mispronounced, but it's Y-U-K-I-I-W-O-D-A-S-H-I-T-E on uh, Twitter, I guess. Uh, they made this Detective Conan Magic Kaito ass game, so we're going to answer this real quick. Uh, number one, Justin, how did you find out about Detective Conan, and when did you start reading watching it? Um... How did I find out about it? I found out about it when the uh, the Adult Swim started airing about it. I had never known about the series prior, but you go on, Justin. Yeah, I when we talked about it before, I had no idea it was on Adult Swim. Um, I think I found it randomly in a store. Like, they had the season collections. Um, and I was really curious about it. Uh, so I picked up the season, like, one DVD from Funimation, and was like, huh, a mystery with a kid, uh, I'll give it a shot, and then... Yeah, who would have thought this would have long-term ramifications I know, years right? later, <laughs> having to dedicate a night of your week every do- every week now to Detective Cannon? Um, but yeah, if I didn't watch the anime, I wouldn't have gone into the manga. Uh, I could not tell you where I started with the manga. Uh, as pointed out when I was talking to you about it, since I'm rereading it all, I'm like, oh, I remember this case. I don't remember reading it, if I read it or watched it, but I remember this, and it. so my manga, knowing when I started the manga, is definitely unknown. Yeah, I started reading the manga after the it stopped airing on Adult Swim, and I wanted more Detective Conan, and, like, uh, there was a whole kerfuffle with, uh, Funimation, like, if they were gonna, like, keep, uh, dubbing episodes or not, they wound Mm -hmm. up not doing so, um, so I started reading the manga, and then, uh, I caught up, like, to where the, uh, the English, uh, publisher got to, and then I started reading online, because I, you know, like, fan translations, because I wanted the whole story, and they were, like, like 700 chapters behind at that point, if not more. So, uh, yeah. That's how I got into it. Uh, So it says, are you accompanying the animes and mangas? Uh, We're watching both. 
Uh, I do yeah. want to ask, since it's also Magic Kaito, have you watched the Kaito Kid anime? Uh, the n- yeah, since there's only the one, the newest one, yeah. When that aired, I was watching it. it- I haven't watched it, but, uh, so that'll be interesting when we cover it on the show eventually. It's really good. Because I've never really watched any of that. I've read some of the Kaito manga, but, uh, never watched the anime, so that'll be interesting. Uh, what episode chapter are you caught up to? Uh, I'm fully caught up on the manga, and then I am on, like, episode 338 or something of the anime. I've not, I'm very far, far behind on the anime. That's what this podcast for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you, Justin? Where are you at? I am watching and reading them as they come out. <laughs> Damn. I hate that there's an 11-week break right now in the manga. Yeah. That hurts. Uh, our favorite characters. Uh, mine is probably Hattori Haji. What about you, Justin? Uh, I think Ran. Ran? Okay. Ran, yeah. Uh, do you have any, like, ships that you like, like, relationships you want to see? I'm boring, because I just want to see, like, Ron and Shinichi, and then, uh, Hattori and Kazuha uh, get together, so I'm boring in that way. Has it technically ha- No, it hasn't even happened in the manga, or in the anime yet for us, right? With, so I don't really want to say, but I kind of actually like Sonoko and, uh, Makoto. Like, yeah, they're they're a key couple. It it doesn't happen very often when they're together or like they interact in some way, but when they do, it's always like kind of funny and enjoyable. Uh, do you have any favorite Detective Conan openings or endings? I like for opening, I like the one that goes uh the thrill suspense one. Like uh, that's my favorite one. I'm trying to remember that one. Dan it I don't know. Well, once I do hear it, I'll be like, that's not it. Tyler sang it perfectly. Get out of here. See? Um, But for me, opening-wise, I think it's the fourth. Um, uh, Then they remix it later. It's the Unmei roulette one. Uh, Okay, we'll be reaching that soon, then. Yes, very soon. Uh, And then... Favorite movie? Mine, mine is the one with Sherlock, like the Jack the Ripper one. Yes. Um. Uh, I haven't watched all of them, but the one I watched, I really liked. Um, it's the Da Vinci Sunflower one with Kaito Kid involved. It's a way later one. I think it's like seventeen or eighteen. Um, that was really good. Kaito Kid story too. I'm going to save the rest of these questions for some later time, but I will say, in number 19, they ask, in which way do you contribute to the fandom? Well, we create this lovely podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, hmm. So that's how we contribute. I don't. What are you guys doing? Huh? Huh? All right. Let's kick this episode off. Uh, this is, again, episode 52, the Miss Goblin Legend Murder Case. This originally aired March 17th, 1997. Uh, and then Conan says at the beginning, today's case is a little surprising, an unreasonable, impossible murder at a temple in the mountains, an eerie legend of a Kiri Tengu. Um, and then we get to learn that PlayStation is one of the, uh, show's <laughs> sponsors for this episode, since it's like a 44 minute special rather than a 
regular one. So shout out to our corporate overlords at Sony. <laughs> episode begins. Gotta with... that original PlayStation, man. Exactly. The episode begins with Kogoro, Conan, and Ron in the mountains. They're watching the blooming flowers. Kogoro then tells Conan and Ron to take a photo near a tree. Uh, and then we get this kind of like recap of the entire series so far with mm-hmm. Conan getting shrunk. I thought that was interesting because it seems more like something they do on the movies where they're like, oh, we're going to have like new people that aren't familiar with the show here. So let's do a quick recap. But uh, it seemed kind of odd for this, especially since it's not a like in the grand scheme of things. It's not like this is a black organization case or anything. It's not like yep. it's super important story wise, but uh it seemed more like they were, one. yeah, it seemed like they were more, like, just filling for time. Like, they had to fill 44 minutes, and they were like, well, we don't know how to stretch the story out, so we'll just spend, like, three minutes recapping old stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. The three of them then decide to go home, and Kogoro says he'll take a shortcut, despite Ron's protests. And of course, this immediately backfires as they wind up getting lost and have a flat tire. Two flat tires, actually. And uh, to make matters worse, it starts to rain. (laughs) Kegara says they'll have to sleep in the car. Ron starts uh, complaining, and then a bird just flies out of the uh, bushes, and that scares Ron. And then she realizes that Conan's not around, but then he returns, and he says that he found Temple nearby. So they go off there. And the three of them walk to the temple, uh, which is called Santeji, and they ask if anybody's there. They then meet the temple's master, who uh, is this angry old man, and he's like, Ah, if you're with the press, get out of here. Go home. We don't want you here. And uh, Kegura then explains the situation, and then the, the old man just becomes like, a used car salesman where he's like, Oh, we have a, we also treat this as a hotel. Uh, it'll be a 10,000 yen for adults, 8,000 yen for children. We'll give you a lovely tour of the temple. And it's just hilarious. Oh, wow, the how quickly, changed. Yeah. Like he just completely changes how he's acting. It's a very funny scene. Um, and then he mysteriously says in this rain at night, he might be waiting because Kagero didn't want to pay the money, but uh, he was being mysterious there. And Ron asks if uh, the old man means a bear or something outside. And he says that the monster isn't that cute. It's the Kiri Tengu. So uh, we still don't know what it means exactly at this point, but uh, it's kind of spooky that we're hearing about this monster. And I think this is the first time that We've really had like a supernatural tease for Conan, and this becomes something that um, pops up quite a bit often, like later on. But I think this might be the first time that we really had like a like oh, this is a monster's doing. Can you remember anything else, Kyle? I think this might be the first. Kyle, sorry, he's Justin, Kyle. He's, he, Damn. he's dead to me. Damn, I'm sorry <laughs> for insulting you like that. Because oh, you're dependable, you show up for the podcast, <laughs> Justin. I like that yeah, and you, bastard, Kyle. And you, and you call me Kyle. That's, that's messed I'm up. just used to uh, throwing to <laughs> Kyle now. I apologize. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I think this might be the first one. When you were saying it, I'm like, yeah. What about the Black Knight? But that wasn't like a setup. That was just how the guy, the curator guy, killed him. Yeah. In that early episode. Um. But yeah. 
Oh, besides the piano. It wasn't like a oh, yeah. or anything like that, but they kind of were like, hey, spooky stuff. It's a ghost or something like that. Yeah, there was kind uh, of something in, in the uh, Moonlight Sonata murder case. So. Which, also, weirdly, another hour episode. Coincidence? Yeah, we're seeing a trend here. Uh, I think there's one other one hour episode in between here. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I can check here, though. Let's see. Yeah, I can't remember, because then they start just making it multiple episodes at some point. Oh no, this was the the second one. So this is the only the second one. So both both of the one hour specials have had a had a mysterious supernatural edge to them. So that's interesting. I know what the next one will be. No. Next one's uh Kaito Kid. So Also mysterious. He is mysterious though, so uh, we see four monks come running in, and the master introduces them. There's Kanan, who has been there the longest. Tonin, who is the cook. Makunin, who's the member that does carpentry. And then there's Shunin, who is the latest trainee that is small but intelligent. I like how all the people, like, I guess the requirement to train at this dojo <laughs> is to have the last name that ends with, like, Nin. Or the master just keeps adding it it's like oh your name's uh can all right well we're just gonna add canon to it and just exactly. every time they come in he just keeps adding himself but this motherfucker the caretaker introduces himself and his name's tanay like that's not you don't have you it's not tonight in <laughs> you son of a bitch uh he then tells Conan and shunin to show these people the temple while the others make dinner they then show Kogoro and kids and the kids the place of worship, and then they go outside, and that's when Conan finds this storeroom with a really high ceiling that used to be locked. And uh, Shunin explains that it's the training room where those that break the rules would have to be thrown in there, and they had to reflect on their misdeeds. It was kind of like a a timeout corner, Justin, <laughs> where you'd wear the dunce hat. That ever happened to you in school, Justin? Did they put the dunce hat on you? Mm, no, I don't... I, I feel like we're young enough that they had phased out the dunce hats. No, or, or, or it was hat? still... Uh, it was definitely, like, starting to end around my time, but, like, it never happened. But, like, that was definitely, like, a joke and or talked about when I was a kid. It was, like, just petering out as I was getting out of elementary school. But you avoided it. You were never a bad... I avoided it. Yeah, see, Kyle probably had it, because oh, we know about probably. his troubled past, stealing poor girls' Game Boys and stuff. What a dick he was. <laughs> Still is. He went from stealing Game Boys to blowing off this podcast two weeks in a row. And you, you know, know what? what? He's, probably, he's probably blowing off this podcast... Just to play on that Game Boy, because he probably still has it and never told us. Exactly. He's kept it all these years. And you know he what? I bet. I bet he's. Uh, I bet he's gonna miss next week too, and not just because we're recording two episodes back to back. Just call that a. Call that a hunch. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, so Conan asks why um, the wood is different in one corner, and Mokunin, um said he fixed it after an incident. Shunin then says he doesn't know what the incident is because it 
was before he started here, and he he's only been there for a year. He then leave to show everybody the waterfall, and Ron notices Sakura pedals in the water, and then they decide to go inside and eat dinner. After eating, Ron learns that the monks like to go to the beach and uh, play some <laughs> beach ball during their breaks. We learn that the uh, the old master is a perv that likes seeing the girls in the bikinis. Respect. Uh, Conan then asks what the Kiri Tengu is, and everybody's shocked by him bringing that up. Tane says that he uh, let it slip earlier, and that it's just an old story about a monster that would tear through the walls and then hang people's bodies from a tree where he would eat their flesh. He then says mm. the victims were all young women, slender women, just like Ron. And she's like, mm, even better, completely afraid at this point. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, it's fake. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. But she's already totally scared. I was going to say, she's, she believes it anyways. Just spoilers. Just like almost every time there's some kind of ghost or demon. Yeah, that's something that pops up. Like, Ron, like, despite her being a total badass and like willing to take on robbers or, you know, tough guys like head to head. Totally afraid of the supernatural, which I think is like a real cute aspect of her yeah, personality because, you know, even though she is so tough and strong, she still has a weakness. And we kind of see like her and Shinichi kind of meld well because he's so much like logic and facts. You know, he's he's stuck up to where he will never give like a supernatural thing another second of thought. So he's mm-hmm. not afraid by that. Um, so they kind of complement each other in their strengths. Yeah, it's, that's one of the traits that I really... That's why I really like her. Uh, then we learn that... Uh, then Mokunin says that it's not just really a story. as something happened uh, two years ago. And Conan's like, oh, uh, Koga is a detective. He might be able to solve it. And like they're all like, whoa. So, like, this is another place where we get to see Koguro's, like, him being famous spread because even mm-hmm. this remote village has heard of the great detective Kagura. So that's really cool. Um, and everybody's real excited about, Oh, maybe he'll help us solve this case. But then Tanae says that they all had all agreed to discuss the incident, uh, again, and he shuts it all down. He then declares the dinner to be over and tells everybody to go to their rooms and, uh, to get some sleep. He then tells the detective that will lend him a room tonight but he has to be out the next day. Ron asks, um, back in their room, uh, Ron asks Kogra if Tengus really do exist. And he says, of course not. And this seems to calm her down. And then Conan goes on this, like, very overly detailed explanation about the word Tengu and how it came from China and, like, fucking falling stars and shit. And, like, it's just, it's way too much information. And then he's like, oh, I just watched a TV special about it. Like always, there's always a TV special about everything. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll even get to it next couple episodes. He'll, he says the mm-hmm. same thing. Uh, Kogoro goes, For a kid, you sure know some odd things, which is like <laughs> the understatement of the century. Ron says that she isn't scared, and then she pulls both of their bets together, and then she invites Conan to come over to her futon if, she gets, if he gets scared. She then struggles to sleep because she hears the waterfall, and the other two are just. Sleeping peacefully. Then she remembers about the victims being young women, so she's even more frightened. She winds up waking up both Kogoro and uh, 
Conan as she goes to use the bathroom. And then Ron, this is like one of her greatest moments. She finds a Tengu mask in the bathroom. So she puts it on while Kogoro's like, nah, these, these, uh, these Tengus don't really exist. And she's like, do we not exist now? And Kogoro's just completely frightened. And he lets out the girliest scream known to man. Oh, that's so great. Such a great, such a great scene of Ron being a trickster here. It also kind of shows that Kogoro is, like, fleshing out his personality a little bit more than just the dumb klutz, really, kind of, good idea how he actually is sometimes. Yeah, it seems like Ron gets her scared tendencies from her father, and definitely not Eerie. Oh, definitely not Eerie. <laughs> They wake up the next morning, and Shunin tells them that breakfast is ready. He says he's still tired as he stayed up late reading. Uh, Mokunin is also tired, and he blames Kogoro's scream. They then hear a scream from Kanan, and they run toward the training room, where they find Tanae hanging from the top of the room. Oh. So we, we have our first kill, Justin. Who done it? I bet it was Inspector Megary then arrives and he gives over the basics of the case. The time of death was between 10 p.m. and midnight. Conan says that Conan was smart to notice Tanae uh, hanging up so high above the uh, above them, since if they just walked into the room, you wouldn't really see them unless you looked directly up. And he says, "Oh, you know, we always check there because two years ago the same thing happened to a trainee named Chunin that was there." And Megary reveals that he was also on that case. Um, and that uh, it was just like this situation where there was a giant hole in the wall. And that they had searched for three days. But they couldn't find his body. Then when they went to fix the wall, they found it. Uh, they also revealed that the door wasn't locked at the time. And a carpenter told them that to make a hole this size would take a whole day's uh, worth of hard work. And that they believe that murder to be the work of the Kiri Tengu. Justin, did you think the supernatural demon was causing these murders? Of course. Like, it's the logical explanation. What else would it be? Exactly. It wouldn't be any of the normal humans that actually exist. Well, they no, would never definitely. kill somebody. They're good monks. Yeah, look at them. They all were all upset. The inspector up top then says that uh, it's just like two years ago, as there's dust on the two support beams, but they haven't been touched. Meanwhile, there's a little bit of dust where the rope is. Megary says that the first death was ruled a suicide, and he believes this to be the same, but he is bothered by the hole in the wall. He believes that they want to connect the death to the Carrie Tengu, and uh, then we meet a woman named Kakuno who arrives. And she's the granddaughter of the newly deceased Tanae. And we learn that she used to visit the temple often, but that she hasn't been back since the death two years ago. We then see her husband, and Mokunin reveals that they were all shocked when they got married, as they thought she would be with Chunin. Tanin believes that's why uh, Chunin committed suicide two years ago. And he says that Tanae may have felt guilty over their marriage and then killed himself after uh, it was official. The Megary says that there should be a will somewhere in the building. Everyone splits up to look for the will, but Conan doesn't believe it's a suicide case. 
He believes that a hole is used as some sort of trick. Uh, I do want to ask you, Justin, were you coming up with any theories here of like how the hole was used? And, because it's a very difficult case to figure out. I think it's like, as far as like tricks go, this is one of the more interesting tricks. Yeah, no, when, when I remember watching this for the first time, like when he started saying it all, I was like, there's no, like my brain still couldn't comprehend all that. Um, but that's why I tried to emphasize last episode to make sure you remember the, the Conan hint, because even though it was just a soccer relief, it's actually very important <laughs> to solving this. Uh, Shunin then arrives and Conan examines his arms, uh, but he doesn't believe that such a weak man could make such a big hole. Conan then asks if he saw, if he noticed anything last night, and he says that nothing was strange and that he uh, stayed up until 3 a.m. He says last night was pretty quiet. Hmm. Rewatching it became incredibly obvious that uh, he was the culprit due to this one. Because mm-hmm. obviously, the, I don't know if I, I picked up on it the first time, though. But, uh, like, here, yeah, I was like, it, that's strange. Yeah, like Stuck I said, out. It, it's really good, like, watching it again, because if you remember, but also, like, kind of pay attention after watching it before, you kind of are like, oh, you can t- t- start telling the tells of some things, whereas when you watch them the first time, it's kind of like you're rolling with Conan on every... Uh, yeah, they really earn their surprises and twists. Like, uh, mm-hmm. one thing Oyama does well is that he does leave all the hints behind most of the time. So there are the few cases yeah. where they'll show Conan something and it's not really seen by the audience, which I find annoying. But uh, yes, this time, like, they course. give us all the information you could possibly need, and that means you can figure it out. Like, even maybe even before Conan, or you know, slightly after him, before he goes through his explanation if you're really attentive, which I really appreciate. Um, and that's mm-hmm. one of the fun things about staying up to date with the manga is just, like, going on, like, Conan, like, message boards and stuff and reading everybody's theories of, like, how the murder is solved. Um, <laughs> because usually somebody will figure it out before Oyama actually explains it, which is really cool. Conan uh, then asks the police officers if it's possible... Uh, for someone to carry somebody else onto the beam. But they say that you can't do it without leaving a mark. That's when Conan notices that a board on the walkway is cut jagged while the rest are fine. He then finds lines of Sakura petals on the back of it. Hmm. There's that Mm. hint. Conan then goes down into the woods and is searching through tall grass as he can't find uh, the broken pieces of the wall and wood. We then see a mysterious figure following Conan. As he discovers a little part of the the door there with duct tape on it, Ron then finds Conan and scolds him for coming down here as the figure <laughs> looks on. So Ron kind of protected him here. Like, uh, like she always does. Yep. Ron's the real even, hero. Even when it's unintentional. Mm-hmm. Megary says that they couldn't find the will, but there's no doubt that it's a suicide. And then Conan's trying to figure out how everything connects together when a Sakura pedal... Comes through the window and lands on him. That's when he figures out the trick. And he knows that the criminal was in the room all night long. 
Megury agrees to take Mori and his family home in a patrol car and says that he'll have a junior officer pick up his car. As Koguro hands him the keys, Conan jumps up, snatches them away, and starts running off. Koguro follows him, and then we get a really funny scene where it's by the waterfall, so there's water all over the walkway, and he just slips on it, bashes his head open, poor guy, and knocks himself out. Koguro's dead. Yeah, the next little stretch of episodes, we see Conan not having to use his wristwatch much. Because Koguro's just taking one for the team and getting a concussion they, for this. Uh, they don't. I don't I actually don't think they do this much at all after this, but I like Conan doing this to distract Koguro. Instead of just being like, hey, Koguro, come over here. And then just like makes him follow him. This time he was acting like a kid and like making him chase him, and I don't think he does that very often. It's kind of upsetting. Yeah, and it's it's a smart move because you know he wants everybody to believe he's just a little kid, and this is certainly mm-hmm. acting the part well. Uh, we then learn that Conan has a new invention of Doctor Agasa's, which is a, a wireless speaker that allows him to use his voice changing necktie wirelessly. So he places that on the top of Kagura's head. Like, not even by his hairline. It's just right in the middle of his forehead. Which should give him away, but somehow it doesn't. Uh, Still learning. A cop then arrives, and uh, Conan says that Mori wants duct tape. And for everybody to assemble at the crime scene, Megari is surprised to hear that there's a criminal. And Kagura says that the criminal floated up with the victim and then tied them onto a beam, which is why there was no disruption of the dust. The criminal filled the room with water by using the waterfall and then put uh, the man in a rubber boat so nobody got wet. The water came through by placing uh, the duct tape over the spaces of the board, which is why the Sakura petals got stuck to it. After the room was full, he tied the body uh, to to the board there, and then he climbed out via the window. So we get to learn all that, and then... We get a ton of math here as <laughs> kind of breaks down like how much water pressure there'd, there'd be, which is for the record, 72.9 metric tons. And then the guy grabbed a axe and then he hit the door and that's when it all bursted out and made that giant hole. Uh, kind of then hands the inspector a piece of the door and he sees this duct tape. Kilgore says that it would take at least seven hours to fill up the area so the killer is in the room from about midnight to 6 a.m. He then asks Shunin why he didn't hear somebody scream uh, last night and who the person was. And he's like, oh, I heard the scream. It was Ron. She was scared. And everybody else is shocked by his explanation. And they're like, no, it was Kogoro. Although, to be honest, I think this is kind of mm-hmm. unfair because Kogoro had such a girly scream that I don't think it's like a big deal if you mistake it for Ron. Yeah, but I think, and this is what he says later, it's all the other uh, monks knew that it was Kogoro because they were there, and he was the only one that wasn't. So that's where it... Yeah, he should have heard the conversation after it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Megary says that the testimony can't be used as evidence, but Kogoro says that the duct tape on the piece of wood has his fingerprints on it. The rest of the men are confused as to how Shunin can be the criminal when he only came to the temple a year ago. And Kegaro says that Tanei likely did the crime two years ago using the same trick. As uh, And as for the motive, Chunin was actually Shunin's brother 
So they were related there. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So this this is a good twist. Uh, Justin, what you what do you think about this? Just you filling up this giant building with water, like it's such a genius, uh, like way to pull off this suicide because it's like they really do create an impossible murder. It's really interesting. Yeah, like that's why I like this like chapters and episodes so much. It's it's so unique, and like honestly, it is kind of almost like the perfect murder. It's just a lot of random factors in there, like the petals and like, oh, if one of the woods break off and fly off like it did, uh, you'll be able to find that one kind of thing. So it's like all these things that like make it a bad plan, but in the heat of the moment kind of thing, nobody's going to see all that and think all this stuff unless you're a genius. Yeah, and I love the revenge aspect, which we'll fully get into here in a second, but I love that it was used twice by two different people. Like, that's a really interesting twist on it. Um, Shunin comes clean, and he says that Shunin was his older brother. He wanted to learn who the true criminal was, so that's why he joined uh, the temple there. He figured out the trick after about six months, but he still didn't know who did it. However, last night he found it out after seeing Tanae's reaction, and then... He went to talk to the master afterwards, and he was drunk, and he basically admitted to the whole thing. Uh, Tanae said that uh, he didn't want his brother to take away Kikuno, who was the heir to the temple, and that's why he killed him. Shunin then says that he asked him to confess to the crime, but he said that there's no evidence, and that the temple's reputation had actually improved uh, because of the incident, so it was kind of like, no harm, no foul. And that's when Shin lost control and he strangled him, but in a smart manner to where he like choked him out. So it looks like it was a suicide. Um, mm-hmm. And then he decided to do what was done two years prior. So and then we get this really, really kind of a touching scene here where he goes, it's too bad, detective. If only you had visited this temple two years ago, then I wouldn't have had to do this. And, you know, it's, it's a sad scene because, like, if the police had, like, and I don't want to, like, shit on Megary, but, like, if they had properly <laughs> done their job two years ago, we don't have this extra kill, um, extra person get killed, and his brother would have been avenged there instead of him having mm-hmm. to do it. So it's a, definitely a somber note to end the episode on. For sure. And, uh, like, I know they do this a lot where they're, Mm-hmm. They try to like make the killer, I don't know. You feel for them and stuff, but uh, I feel like this guy is more. You feel for him slightly more than most people, like because he he is just, I guess you know, trying to defend his brother's death, and it's a family member. It's not like the guy going like, oh, uh, the computer program was my only friend and dumb shit like that. <laughs> So at least there's some depth to the the reasoning behind it here. Uh, after this, uh, oh, we get a new ending theme. I love this ending. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's Hikari Tukagi no Roman by uh, Kaiko Yutoku. It's a very good ending theme. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. After the song, we see Megari driving home Kogoro and the kids. 
And Megri is impressed that Kogoro knows so much about physics and Pascal's. Oh, it's so good. And we get this hilarious scene where Kogoro is trying to figure out what Pascal's is, and he confuses it with like a Chinese liquor and then all this other stuff. And he's like, oh, that's a television magazine. And Conan's like, you stupid, that's Telepal. So, some classic Kagura hijinks. Yeah, I thought this was a really strong episode. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. the core mystery was really gripping. Uh, I thought, like, obviously we already praised the, uh, just how the death was played out was really good. But uh, I thought they did a good job of making... The episode tense. I like the supernatural aspect. I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked Shunin following Conan down to the forest, and then not being able to like attack him just because uh, uh, Ron was there. So like, there's a lot of good moments here. Yeah, a lot of good tricks. A lot of good um, setup for what happens when Tanay does die. Like, you do get an idea of, like, oh, it's probably not going to be any of these guys because of the history of them and all that stuff. And uh, you kind of feel like it could be something not uh, natural that kills him. Yeah, they do a good job of building up the uh, the supernatural threat there. Um, and then we get a preview for next week's episode. And the hint is a bird, Justin. <sighs> Mm-hmm. And you know what they say. They say the bird is the word. But, but All right. The bird, uh, bird, that's bird. the end of the bird podcast the forever. Word. Goodbye. Well, now we're now we're a family guy <laughs> rewatch podcast. And I am out. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, for the record, seasons two and three of Family Guy, still very good. Uh, Probably the only... Good. <laughs> There's the, the episode where all the kids are licking toads to get high. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Peter uh, hurting death, breaking his toe, having to take yeah, over. Family Guy was pretty good for a bit. Uh, then it got canceled and then it was brought back and it was all downhill there. But you know what never gets canceled, Justin? Detective Conan. And while okay. we might get canceled as hosts, Case Reopen's not canceled. <laughs> We'll be back next week, but uh, you can follow us on the Twitter. Uh, the, the show is at case underscore reopened. I am at Tyler Trees. Justin, where can people follow you at? Uh, they can follow me at the Sigma Omega. So give Justin a follow there, and uh, we'll be back next week with a uh, two bangers of an episode. We got. The mystery weapon murder case, and then the return of the black organization in the game company murder case. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and then after that, we'll be doing the first movie. So very exciting times ahead. But uh, that'll do it for this time. Bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.